morning. Good to be with y'all. At this time, I want to dismiss elementary school, middle school, and high school. All the schools can head down to their classes. As they go, uh, and as Mary Beth mentioned, today is the first Sunday in Lent, our six-week journey, roughly, uh, as we journey to the cross and recognize our, our need for a Savior, which means we are beginning a new sermon series, and it, I've called it uh, Thin Places, which I think it's Celtic, don't quote me on that, but there's a traditional understanding of Thin Place, uh, which would be uh, a, a moment, a place, an experience where it, it simply feels as if heaven and earth are incredibly close, where they're almost touching this, like a holy season or, or place. That's a, that's a thin place. But there's also another thing which I think is important and even uh, especially during Lent, which is to say like, if you've got, as we call them in my house, a, a boo-boo, right? Where, where there's maybe less skin or, or you could think of your funny bone, uh, where there's less meat around it. Those are uh, also thin places, which can be a place where it hurts a little more, where you're a little more vulnerable. And c keeping both of those together uh, is how I would love for us to think about thin places, where each Sunday we're going to name what I'm going a thin place. Today we're talking about loneliness. Uh, and most of them, when we name them, when we say them out loud, the first thing we might think of is kind of that vulnerable, painful aspect of that place or, or, or that season of life. But my prayer is, is that as we explore it through scripture, that we can see one, that while it might be painful, while it might make us vulnerable, while it might be a struggle, that those areas are not new, um, because we're gonna look at, uh, throughout this series, uh, at examples of them in Genesis. Uh, that's the first thing, but two, that they're often the very place where God is at work. And seeing that, my hope is that even like, for instance, loneliness, we might recognize that that is a place of holy ground, a place where, where heaven and earth are actually quite close. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm not much one for the sermon names or titles, so I was pretty proud of that little double meaning. It's very Linton, I feel like. Uh, for there's no greater thin place than the cross, a place of undeniable pain, unimaginable uh, struggle, but that we have somehow come to call good and holy. So that's what we're gonna look at. That's how we're gonna look at it. Uh, before we enter into God's word, will you guys pray with me? Lord God, we are so grateful for the places where your presence has seemed close at hand. Those seasons of life, those places, those activities, and yet, even with those dotting our histories, there are so many other areas of life that feel especially vulnerable, especially painful. 
And so God, we pray through your word, we might be honest about both and see how you have tied them together and invite us into a new way of life. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, Ellie Holcomb is a uh, singer-songwriter. She's a Christian. Uh, and she has this song that has this chorus that goes like this. It, it says, Because out here in the dark, underneath a canopy of stars, constellations falling from your heart, they tell me that I am not alone. Because honestly, I'm so alone. Promise me, I'm not alone. And I don't know about you, and I think it would be better if I sang it. So hold on, let me go. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but when you hear her sing it, and I invited her to come. She didn't show up. I don't know what happened. Uh, when you hear her sing it, I just think th that just about sums it up for me when it comes to, to loneliness. This idea, in the dark, it feels as if we are consistently beginning alone feeling maybe even lonely, and yet you go out into creation and it's almost hard not to deny that there is something bigger, that we are connected to something. And yet that's not the end of the story. It almost, that, almost, that recognition that God is with us almost reveals the areas where we feel lonely even more so. And then there is this call to God to help us to not feel alone. And those lines, they not only capture so many of our own experiences with loneliness, I think they very much describe the context of this passage in Genesis 2 we are about to read. And so with that in mind, uh, I, wanna, I wanna read it. It begins in verse 18. Listen for God's word for each of us this morning. The Lord God said, and this is after he's created uh, Adam. Adam's hanging out. Uh, he says this, It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And so the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he, he took out the man's rib and then closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And that is why man leaves his father and mother and he's united to his wife. And they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, for the longest time, basically since it came out, uh, people, almost to the point of annoyance, have been telling me about how great this show Ted Lasso is. Have you seen Ted Lasso? Mary Beth mentioned it in a sermon just last, uh, last Sunday. Uh, and I had not seen it. 
and they were like, you've got to see it. It's like got so much sermon material. It's so wonderful. It's so great. And I had not seen it, and I actually believed them. I was actually genuinely interested. We had an embargo in my small group to talk about it because I said I was going to watch it because I actually was sure it was good. But I wondered, like, how is it so good? Why do so many people seem to like this show? Uh, well, I uh, recently got a new phone, and with the new phone came three free months of Apple TV. And so I, I'm, I'm like waist deep in Ted Lasso now at this point. I haven't seen the whole thing, so maybe my take is going to be wrong here. Uh, but as I was watching it, I was like, I was like, I think it's good. I'm, I'm in agreement. But I, I, but I think I have an answer to the question of why people like it so much. Why does it resonate so much? And that's that Ted Lasso is a story of loneliness. If you haven't seen it, you just have to trust me. But you think about a character, every single character in that show is lonely in some way. Lonely. And the beauty and the thing that we find so wonderful about it is that out of that loneliness, we see the beauty that can come from it. And I think that resonates because it feels true to our story. And I think it feels true to our story because it's true all the way back to Genesis. It is the gospel story. And so this morning, I simply want to name out of our text three aspects of loneliness that might help us embrace that story, that gospel story. All right. And the first aspect of loneliness is this, is that, is that loneliness is a normal emotion. It's normal. You should expect to have it. And we experience it in all kinds of ways. You know, there's the obvious, like being left out and not being understood or seen. But then we also experience it in less obvious ways. Like if you have, the, have a moment or a season where you're feeling shameful. Or, or you're competitive or jealous. In some way or another, it would be very difficult to feel any of those emotions, but also feel like deeply connected to another person. They inherently are like a symptom or a, a recognition of how we are lonely. And then there's other, you know, even deeper ones, places of pain and, and trauma, where, I don't know, even just difficult seasons of life where you think nobody could understand what I'm going through or what I'm feeling. And again, you're probably correct. It's not, it's not to say that you're incorrect about those things because loneliness is normal. We, it's, it's baked into creation. It's right there at the beginning. It can't be warded off by how many friends we have or how busy our schedule is that doesn't necessarily keep us from being lonely. I mean, in Ash Wednesday, just a couple days ago, the mantra that is often said as you get your ashes is, from dust you came, to dust you will return. A reminder that this is kind of what it means to live into this creation. And while it might be uh, a normal emotion, it's, you know, I kind of think of it like being angry, you know, it's like, is it enjoyable to be angry? 
Not usually. I mean, sometimes it's kind of enjoyable, but, but usually it's not super uh, fun. And, you know, is it good to be angry, like, all the time? No. No, that's not very good. And yet at the same time, if you are never angry, if you never angry ever, there's a sense that somebody might say, like, are you present in life? Like, are you aware of reality? Like, there, you, it seems as if you might be missing something. And, and, and this is how I think about it with loneliness. I'm not claiming that it's fun or that we should be lonely all the time. But if we are never lonely, that might be a check to say, are we being truly present with who we are and the things we're going through in life? After all, it's not just once, but it is multiple times in the story of Jesus where he is a lonely, lonely, the garden, the cross, just to name two. And so what I hope that you can hear is that all of us have something that is going to be a place of loneliness for us. In this text, it, it raises all kinds of questions about why this is the case and, and why he didn't, God didn't do this or that and why Eve came second and whatever. But the larger point of the story, I think, is the most important, and, and that is that we were just simply not made to be self-sustaining. Loneliness is a part of what it means to be human. It is baked into creation. And so the question I have is, do you know an area of your life where you are especially prone to it. Do you? I think it's important to name. Because, and this gets to our second aspect of loneliness, our lives become disordered by how we respond to the reality of loneliness. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago in a, a sermon about this talk that... Uh, Jared Jackson sent me about loneliness, and it was one of the things that came out of it was to say, when we are habitually lonely, we actually become people who self-sabotage, that we push people, even though we are lonely, we end up pushing people away. We, become, we sort of become this sort of cycle of, of, of ways of doing things. And uh, Ronald Rollheiser, a Catholic uh, writer, he actually defines sin as a refusal of mutuality and a closing down into separateness. That we become lonely and then we choose sin as a response to loneliness. And he's not alone in that. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Great Divorce, this story about these people that have uh, uh, spent time in hell or, or, or chosen and been invited into heaven, in their visit to uh, hell, uh, there is this ghostly soul in hell, and he shouts out, I don't want help. I want to be left alone. He has no interest in joining with others in eternity. And these men, they haven't invented this connection. It is biblical. It's biblical. You can make the argument that Adam and Eve, they eat that fruit. Why? Because they want to go at it alone. They, they want to go at it alone. And when they recognize they've made a mistake, what does Adam do? He hides. He blames others. He goes deeper 
into loneliness. And maybe even a more vivid story of that is in the New Testament with Peter as he follows Jesus after he's been arrested. The sense that he wants to be with Jesus, it is there. And yet when he is asked, are you with this man? Are you not a Galilean, a follower of Jesus? When he could choose to be in community with the Lord, he denies him. He says no. He chooses loneliness. And what does he do in response? Scripture says he goes outside alone and weeps bitterly. In the end, if we fear loneliness, we will choose disordered ways of living. You know, we might numb our loneliness with bad habits or put on masks so that we're never fully known or just give up on real community altogether. It's important to know where we are lonely because so often that is where we begin to live disordered lives. And that leads us to our final point. And that is that covenant community is an act of grace given. Or as Walter Brueggemann puts it, it is out of loneliness that God does something new. In our text, it is obvious that Adam is given Eve. It is God that recognizes that loneliness should not be the end of the story, and it is God who provides a new way forward. In the story of Peter, on that first Easter, by the firelight, it is God, it is Jesus who invites Peter back into community with him. And it is Jesus who gives him a new purpose and call to feed sheep, which just so happens to be a call to build community. In all of these places, in our loneliness, I believe the gospel declares that God is in it and is doing something new. And so friends, the act of faith, if we were to say, if we're going to experience loneliness and name it and recognize how that might be a place where we have gone off track, but to believe that the God of the gospel is the one who does something new in there, I believe that the act of faith is in those places to step out alone. It'd be difficult in scripture to find an individual person of faith who does not do this, whether it, I mean, it's in basically every famous story you could imagine, whether it's David before Goliath, which I love within this context, they try to put on a bunch of armor for him and he can't do it. He's got to go out alone before this man or the disciples dropping their nets or even Peter stepping out to walk on water. It is, or if it's more your style, Ted Lasso. It is people who are not cured of loneliness, but believe that God will show up in it. And so stepping out to love others, believing that God will show up. And so I can't name what that would look like or how that might be for you, but I do just want to leave you with a couple questions for you to be thinking about. 
And the first one is this. Where and why do I feel alone? That's not in any way, I hope you do not feel any shame or judgment about that. That is a normal emotion. But it's good to name. Because then we can ask, what is the lie I'm believing about that place? And I just keep reiterating myself. The lie is not that you are lonely. Shouldn't feel lonely. That's not the lie. But how might we be responding or thinking based on that loneliness? And then the last one is if the God of the gospel is true, if it's in these thin places where God does something new, how would I respond? As I was thinking about this, just three things came to mind. And this is just where I'll leave you. Because I certainly can feel lonely. And yet to believe that the gospel is true, what I would do is I would ask for help more often. I would pray for others. And I would welcome people into my life. I'd be hospitable. I'd reach out. And that would be my encouragement to each of you. Not because those things will fix our loneliness, but because we believe in a God who does new things. A God who has experienced exactly what we have experienced, is with us in it, and inviting us into a new way of life, which will be one of community and grace. Will you pray with me? Jesus... This world is a tough place, and it seems you recognize that right from the beginning. Got lots of questions about that, Lord, but I remain so grateful for how you did not leave us to navigate it on our own. But you invited us into a way forward, a way that is not self-sufficient or able to go at it on our own, but actually is a fuller way of life. So God, I pray that you might give us the faith, as crazy as it is, is in the place of loneliness to step out and be more vulnerable, believing that you will show up, that you are in the business of binding us together. God, help us to be a people who believe in your grace-filled community is the end of the story. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.